Hey guys, it's Marsha Hoffines, and you are listening to the Storytellers Podcast, where we dig in, go deep, find ourselves, maybe cry, maybe laugh. We surrender, but we go home, and we go home big. We feel inspired. It's the story behind the cellophane. It's the story inside the truth. It's a story that most people don't want to tell, but we're here to share. Let's get started. Hey guys, welcome back to the Storytellers podcast with myself, Marsha Hoffines. So this week I'm going to talk a little bit about survival and maybe survival from a perspective that we don't oftentimes think about surviving. I don't have a big tragic, like I was lost in the woods type of story (laughs) or um, anything crazy, but it's life survival. And this is something that I think we oftentimes take for granted and or feel like we need to diminish the struggle, the obstacle, the pain, because it didn't have a big resounding boom around it, if you will. So survival for me seems to have been a life path and I didn't really recognize it until the other day I was having to share my story as um, my marketing team is working on pulling together some pieces for my website and they're like, look, we just want the story of you. Like we want the whole story. And it's interesting because for me, um, people who know me know that I'm just a very, like, I, I shoot off the cuff. I don't necessarily go into things with a concrete plan. I let things pass through me. So as I started to speak with her and give the details, what started to come out of my mouth actually even surprised me. And... I wanted to spend a little time this week talking about it because, again, I don't think that it's the story that most of us are used to hearing. So, you know, for me, survival really started when I was about 10 years old and I realized that I was going to have to take care of myself. I could just, I looked around my home, I looked at the state of my family, the state of the union, if you will and realized who's going to take care of me. And I I just had this understanding that it wasn't within my parents' capabilities because of what choices they had made for their life to actually be there as a guide, as a support for me moving forward. I was very conscious of this idea of needing to work to kind of raise myself and figure things out. And again, this all happened at a very young age of 10. And I remember it very vividly. I was laying on a a sheet in the summer, listening to my boom box and sunbathing uh, alone. And not with my friends who were all at the pool. I, I wasn't allowed to go to the pool because, well, we were late on our HOA dues. <laughs> so, Survival really started for me as like an instinctual thing that ultimately turned into a wall of armor that I wore around me, a wall of armor that 
prevented me from actually expanding into the person that I have now become. And it held me back truly for many years because what I did in needing to survive was I didn't allow my heart to guide me. I listened too much to my brain and I tried too much to please people and not in the people pleaser sense. Like I was never much of a, of a yes person. Again, for those of you who know me well, you will know this to be the truth. But I would shapeshift and really adapt myself to the situations that I was in in order to not be me, not be the person that I knew I could be, but I had a tremendous amount of fear of becoming this person because if I let my guard down, who was going to take care of me? This was the big question, always, time and time again. And I even remember a very uh, pivotal moment in my marriage with my husband. We had, um, back in 2008, 2009, we went through bankruptcy. And this was something that I'm going to tell you never should have happened to me, according to me. I was not going to be my parents. I was not going to make the same mistakes. I was not going to lose the money that I had built, that I had created for my own survival, <laughs> right? This was, this was all part of my survival story. And honestly, the bankruptcy had to come and rip it out from me so that I could start peeling back that armor so I could start getting to my heart and start really realizing who I am deep down inside. So the pivotal moment was it was um, it was probably a good six months or so after we had moved back up from Charlotte, North Carolina. We moved back up to our home in Leesburg, Virginia, and I was so broken. Um, this loss, this this tremendous blow to my my psyche, my energy, I, I felt completely unsecure. Like it reverted me back, uh, if you will, to that 10 year old space of who's gonna, who's gonna fix this for me. And I looked at him and I remember, and I put the weight of the world on this poor man. I, I looked at him and he said, what do you want? What do you want from me? And I'm like, I just want you to take care of me. And even as the words were coming out of my mouth, I was like, what are you saying? <laughs> right? Like, I really couldn't understand that I had allowed myself to feel like I couldn't take care of myself. And it was this, it was this wake up moment that happened where I was like, no, like, even though I was saying the words, feeling the feelings, throwing it out there at him, like, it was like, I took this big ball of mud, and I just chucked it at my husband and like, you fix this. Like, none of this was my fault. And actually, none of it was our fault. Like, could we have been a little bit more aware of what was going on? Probably. Could we have played our cards a little differently? Sure. But those are all choices, guys, right? And choices bring us down the paths and the trailways and the windy roads and the cliffs that we're supposed to, that we're supposed to go 
explore. It's not like we were being careless. Life happened around us. Like there's always going to be those bigger life circumstances that are going on, like global things that are out of our true control that we can only prepare so much for. And ultimately, I, I, I now know and I now understand that we were not alone in that mess, but I felt so small and I felt so alone and I felt like, how are we ever going to get out of this? So for several years, we lived inside of this turmoil. We lived inside of this messy conversation. We lived inside of this blame and my armor started to peel away because I realized that the more I held on to this like strong facade, this I can do it, this I can do anything, the more I wasn't letting people in, including myself. I was like so detached from me because I had put myself in a space because of my upbringing and then the things that continued to go on in my life with my family, um, even after my mom passed away, it was this continual dialogue of like bringing me back into that time, bringing me back into that space and me not being strong enough to understand that I could actually separate myself from the drama-rama, from the trauma of my family experience and actually stand on my own two feet and look back at it and say, thank you for being what you were for me, but I don't need to accept it. I don't need to have it take me over. I don't need to become it. And by the way, I'm softer than that. But truthfully, the idea of becoming soft felt like I was giving up and giving in. And it was the moment that I said that to my husband that I realized that I needed to start really taking a hard look inside and figuring out my stuff, my shit, that had blocked me for so long. And it really was this, I'm, I was so determined to take care of myself, and I did. I mean, I, I moved to New York City, I had great jobs, I paid my way through, I came down to the DC area. I got a great job. I had an amazing career at AOL. Amazing career that really proved like that, that thing inside of me that like, I can do this. I can do it. And I felt like I could do anything. And I really could. And, and, and my journey, my life, and, and you heard me talk about this on episode one, when I was talking about losing my mother, like that's when life really started for me though. Because that was when the softening started to happen. But I still, because of such a traumatic experience in my life, I, I had a hold on and I had to have control. And so through controlling, through surviving, through being the one who could call the shots, I was able to have some semblance of safety and certainty in my life. At the same time, I was in this growth space of yoga and developing my mind and my heart. But what I did with yoga early on was I let it be all about the external practice, which a lot of us do. And I know that many listening would understand that. But I really hung on to that because to me, that was another way that I was showing and proving that I could be successful. Once again, keeping the armor, the armor like really, really like strong, really strong, not allowing it to 
break down, not allowing it to allow my heart to be seen. So you wake up one day and you have this realization of what you're doing and you say these words to someone that you love dearly who's also hurting and, you know, fast forward several years and he and I having conversations about it, like going through that as a man, as a husband, like it was degrading to him. It felt terrible to him. And then there's his wife basically blaming him. What a cheap shot, right? But don't we do this when we are trying to deflect and survive? We want to place blame and we want to do it outside of us. So 2010, I will say, started my journey to my heart. And I was so displaced too. Like I was living back up in Loudoun County, Virginia, um, an area that was very, very comfortable, but also very foreign to me. I still don't understand it here, my friends. I, I, I don't. I don't understand this world that we live in, in this area of the world. And I don't know if I ever will. I know that I was brought back to it for a reason. I know that I wanted to leave Charlotte, North Carolina for a reason and come back here. And, and I'm starting to really understand why. There are people here that I was supposed to meet. There are experiences that I was supposed to have. My daughters were supposed to be here. We were supposed to grow here. We were supposed to come back here to heal. And healing is what we've done. That's been really, if I could think of the theme for the past 10 years, we've been back here since 2009. It's been that of healing. And, you know, in 2014, I almost died myself. And I remember a complete opposite experience than the one of me looking at my husband in 2010, basically telling him that I needed him to take care of me, was I opened my eyes at one moment and I, I had very few moments of clarity during that, during that time on the hospital bed. <clears throat> but the ones that I do will stick with me forever. And I remember looking over at him and he was just laying there on that terrible, you know, you imagine a hospital room, this terrible hospital bed couch thing. He had been spending several nights there. And I looked at him and it was early in the morning and the sun was just coming up and my eyes were like half open. And I just remember looking at him and saying, thinking, if I get out of here, I'm going to do everything that I possibly can to do more, to make my life mean more, and to take care of him. <laughs> so complete role reversal. And in taking care of him, it meant that I was going to start taking care of myself in a different way. And that's really what started my path with this personal healing, like real, not yoga. Yoga got me so far, I needed something else. So I started looking elsewhere and I found tools and I found resources and I found programs and I dug in. And I, and I have found that in the past five years of life, the more I have healed myself, like Louise Hay says beautifully, you can heal your life. The more I've studied, the more I have allowed, the more I've broken this armor down. Because here's the thing, I don't need the armor up anymore to survive. What I need to survive is that heart connection, that, that love and that growth the looking at somebody else in their eyes, seeing myself and other people, understanding that the shit 
the survival story just looks different for each one of us. Each one of us has a different conversation around what survival means. And they're all the same. And so when I started to kind of pull back and go, hey, your story, while it's riveting and it's gut gutting me, it's not the emotions, the feelings, the connection behind it aren't any different than the ones that I have felt at some point in time. Mine are yours, yours are mine. And the more that we can, the more I can connect on that level and see people that way, actually the stronger I've become. I was weak before because see, I was protecting myself. And the more vulnerable I've become, the stronger I've become. The less I have allowed myself to be static, stagnant, the more open, unified, whole I've become. Survival. I mean, it shows up different for each and every one of us. And I don't know what it is for you, right? But maybe looking at what is that big constant theme that's holding you back from the healing that comes from surviving. Because we shouldn't just wake up every day and go, I got to do whatever I can just to get through it. And that's very much the mode that I was in. Yeah, I was making a nice paycheck. Yep, I had a lot of things that maybe I don't have now, but I have so much more. And you know, you hear the story a lot. You hear a lot of people talk about how um, it took them losing everything for them to have everything. But did we really lose anything? Or was it just an experience to get us back to our hearts. Thanks guys for tuning in today. Whatever your survival, whatever your journey might look like, know that you're not alone. There's so many of us out there looking for the possibility in life, moving away from pleasure and pain as two different things and moving into just the experience of the energy of who we are and what we're meant to do here together we are placed here to serve so go out and do beautiful things today be magic be whole be awesome be sexy be badass and let's go make some kind of big revolution and let it start with you till next week Well, hey guys, thanks so much for joining us and listening and tuning in wherever you are listening to your podcast. Keep on listening, sharing, enjoying, and hey, follow us on social media. Instagram is msh underscore shift. You can also follow me, Marcia, M-A-R-C-I-A underscore Hines, H-O-F-F. H-E-I-N-S. You can also find us on the book and join our makeshift tapping group. It's a public open group. We share goodies and information. Um, visit my website, marshallhoffines.com. Sign up for the newsletter and we'll just keep you full of all the goodies. All of them. All the time. Talk to you soon.